Welcome to the Grant Writing and Funding Podcast, where it's all about, you guessed it, grant writing and funding made easy so you can increase capacity, grow funding, and advance your nonprofit or freelance mission. Now, let's hand it over to your host, grants expert and author Holly Rustic, so you can increase your funding and drive impact. All right, welcome to Grant Writing and Funding. I'm your host, Holly Rustic, and I am here to help grow your capacity to increase funding and to advance your mission. I have a very special guest with me today, so I'm super excited. And this is Sarah Olivieri, and she is, let me get my notes here, because I don't want to screw this up because it's really awesome. She is a founder of Pivot Ground and the creator of the Impact Method. And she's going to be talking about that today, so I'm really excited. She has more than 15 years of experience in the non Profit leadership world. She's been an executive director, program director, deputy director, among other things. She's also worked with for profit businesses. So she's just done all of this and she's come out like just with these really cool creative methods lately. And we were talking before the show, so I'm really excited. And we were talking about her impact method. And I was like, I want to download <laughs> some part of that. So, anyways, we're really going to get into that today. So, welcome to the show, Sarah. Hi, thank you so much for having me. It's really a pleasure to be here. Absolutely. Yay. All right. So we're just going to go ahead and get into it. So can you just give me a little bit of background you want to share with the audience here, just a little bit of background about your business and how you got into it? Sure. Um, so the business is called Pivot Ground, and we focus on helping nonprofits um, get to the point where they're thriving. Um, using the impact method. And the impact method is really a business operating framework for nonprofits. So it's a way to organize your strategy, how you're acting on things, how you're tracking your metrics, or if you're making sure you do track some metrics, um, and really making sure that your whole team is aligned so that you can really leverage the people in your organization to move forward much faster, but also in a way that doesn't have to be so hard. It doesn't have to include burnout. You don't have to work a bazillion hours to make it happen. And so we really want nonprofits to be delivering their missions and thriving and you know, all those things that we talk about when having like an abundance mindset, but it really an abundance mindset is more than just a mindset. It's actually having the abundance and actually mm -hmm. not working all the time. And so I created the impact method to really make that happen for nonprofits. Mm -hmm. I love that because, I mean, that's one of the things I hear from a lot of um, my followers and the people out there that are listening, all of you great change makers, is, you know, burning out and not having the time or just not really knowing where to go and having that kind of, I guess, kind of a barrier to the authority or to stepping into the authority role where they can make those changes. So I just think this is so important. So can you just explain the impact method a little bit? Because I'm really excited. <laughs> Sure. So the impact method is based on the idea that if you have a great strategy, meaning it's written, it's connected to your daily activities, not just some big set of goals that you're going to achieve in five years or three years, um, but you really are incrementally focused on it and working on it every day. And then you also have the right capacity and the right capacity. So capacity is expertise, people, time, and mm -hmm. money. Money people are always like, oh, the solution to our problems is we need money. Um, mm -hmm. But usually that is not the biggest capacity challenge I find. Mm -hmm. But if you have capacity to, to grow, 
to plan your growth, to do what you need to do now and to know how you're going to get to the next level. That's what I mean by good capacity, right? Enough to take your next steps forward. When you get your capacity and your strategy and balance and you have both great strategy and great capacity, mm-hmm. then you can thrive. And so that's kind of the fundamental concept behind the impact method. Then we break down, there are a series of, there's like a whole toolbox that we've created of different tools to help you do different things around capacity and strategy. Um, But probably two of the main ones are um, the nonprofit blueprint, which really helps with your capacity. This is where we map out your organization based on the functions that make your organization run. Mm-hmm. And this sounds kind of like an org chart to a lot of people, um, but it's really fundamentally different because it's not about who's in charge of who, but it's really, if you take the people out for a second and you just think about what are the elements that need to happen in order for your nonprofit to run well, mm-hmm. um, and then you can put the people back in to what functions they're accountable for ensuring that they happen that will fundamentally change the way your nonprofit operates. Firsthand, um, it's going to give, it's going to empower everybody to know that they own this function and they have decision-making power around that. So I'll use fundraising as an example and grant writing um, because that's who, you know, who's listening. You might be struggling. I find this a lot with nonprofits. So like, oh, we struggle with fundraising. Like it's hard. Like we're not doing a good job. We do things. It doesn't really work out. And I said, well, let's do your blueprint. And what we find is they haven't really, they haven't really embraced development as a core function of their nonprofit. It's kind of like the, you know, the stepchild that they're just ignoring, or maybe they threw it to the board or nobody really knows exactly who's in charge of it. And maybe there's a grant writer and maybe there's somebody who coordinates events. Mm -hmm. um, And maybe there's somebody who manages the donor database, but they haven't often really embraced it as this is a core function that pretty much every nonprofit has to have. So once we map out the function, it really empowers people to know what decisions they can make at the end of the day without going to anybody else. And that makes people so much happier in their jobs. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it empowers people to create solutions to doing their jobs even better. And it can provides you provide great. Kind of an yeah. Example? yeah, just like I, I know, like sure. I'm thinking development, like it's kind of vague, right? Like it's kind of like this big thing. Like, do you mean like, it, you're trying to look at development also like you would look at HR or like you look at something else integral. In yeah, absolutely. So okay. we might look at, we might look at HR, human resources in a smaller nonprofit. Typically we're lumping all right. resource management mm-hmm. together. That's not how everybody does it, but I often recommend that to nonprofits like financial resources. If you have a building, if you're small, you probably don't have a building, you know, your human resources, Mm -hmm. Um, that's one element development I think is really interesting because one of the challenges of development is it is very dependent on being able to interact with the other functions of the organization right Mm -hmm. you have to be able to know what's going on what's working in the programming you have to be able to access success stories of what's happening in the programming Mm -hmm. right so a specific example of development is you might be accountable for grant the grant life cycle right because it's more than just writing the grant oh yes (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Can you get uh, it? it? Might be, oh, yay, wait. 
Oh, that was just like the tip of the iceberg. (laughs) It might be some cases it's volunteer coordination. In other cases, Mm -hmm. it makes more sense to put volunteer coordination um, where the whoever's like leading the programs or whoever is doing human resources. That's a really important decision to make. That's a fun, that's kind of a core accountability that can shift. It might be in the development person. It might be in the development seat or it might be an HR seat or it might be in the program seat, volunteer management. Although often it ends in the development seat because at the end of the day, a volunteer needs the same kind of experience that any donor has, right? You're cultivating them as a supporter. Mm-hmm. And usually, you know, cultivating supporters, whether it's a, a you know, a financial gift or a gift of time um, or a gift of opening up their network mm-hmm. um, is something that a development director, you know, that function of development is accountable for. Right, right. And that's really, yeah, that's well explained to me because everyone has different budgets, they have different sizes. So that's often, you know, looked at in different ways, but it's still important to keep it in there. And I think even to the grant writers that are out there, those of you who listen, who are freelance grant writers or have your own kind of consulting business, this is also important, as you know, to look at development on the for-profit side as well. So can you kind of speak to that a little bit as well? About development in for for Mm for-profit? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe for people well, I who think, are working with nonprofits, you know. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, I think as a consultant, which I, I do consulting work, so this is, you know, my daily thing, it's so important to know what your role is and who you need to be talking to at the nonprofit. So if they have created a blueprint, then instead of taking like maybe a couple months to a year to figure out who do I talk to for this or that, you actually Mm -hmm. have written it down. And everybody knows what the current state of the blueprint is. So you can look at the blueprint and say, well, I need to figure out how, you know, how are we going to get a story from Mm -hmm. someone who's running a program and get it into a, you know, into like, let's say a grant or Mm -hmm. a grant report. That would be a great example. Like how can we tell the stories, the success stories that came as a result of the grant money that we received as we're writing kind of a report or a final report for the grant. So in some cases, you might be struggling with this because that function is not accounted for. Yes. And in which case, if you have a blueprint, you can say, wow, we need to make sure that this is part of a function. This is missing here. And we can add that in. And then we can put somebody in, in charge of ensuring that it happens. Um, so I think, you know, it plays a role for me as a consultant. The blueprint is often the first thing we do with clients. Mm-hmm. Um, That's really because smart. Mm-hmm. It does many, many things, but one of which is it helps me know where everything is. But that's what it does for everybody. It lets everybody know um, where all the pieces of this organization are. Um, And then the, uh, I mean, it does a whole bunch of things. I'm always, every part of the impact method does many things, Mm -hmm. um, right? Because we want to accomplish a lot with each thing that we put our energy into. Otherwise, there's too much to do in a nonprofit. Nonprofits are too complex to not kind of really leverage every resource we have to the maximum extent possible. 
Right. That remind it kind of reminds me, I do this thing where I say, okay, for a grant checklist, the first thing you have to do, at, well, after you read the FOA and everything, right, the funding opportunity announcement is to actually sit down and call a meeting and then have people be responsible for different parts and already set deadlines. And, you know, so then that way, it's not just you, the grant writer, who might not have a lot of authority, but you have to bring the EB in that meeting too. You know what I mean? And have everything kind of already outlined. Right. Otherwise, and that'll exactly. save you like so much time and energy and maybe the grant not even be submitted because people are like, oh yeah, I, I, I'll do it, I guess, at some point, right? So they don't understand the difference. Right. To line exactly. It out. Mm -hmm. Everybody has to know what they're doing. And what the blueprint mm -hmm. does is it kind of lays on top of that, that, you know, everybody will know that answer, right? You mm -hmm. might've had that conversation with, with kind of the team at the nonprofit. Well, who's going to take accountability and you know, who's going to be responsible for this. And maybe there's some discussions. It was like, okay, I'll be responsible for this. If you have a blueprint in place, everybody can just filter through, you know, what are my five accountabilities for the position I'm sitting in? Or you oftentimes people are sitting in multiple functions and that's right. totally fine. And they can say, oh, that has to be my, I have to own that because mm -hmm. I own the seat that right. deals with those things. Is it, do I have to do it myself? Not necessarily. You can mm -hmm. delegate. You just have to, you're the one who ensures that it happens. Like um, that. And so it becomes very fast to make those decisions because you pretty much pre-made those decisions when you set up the framework. Very cool. And what about the, the person now, if we go back to the very small startup nonprofit who may be doing most of it themselves, like how do they <laughs> right. this, right? So you might be going like, why write it down? It's just me, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. Let me tell you, even if it, well, first of all, no nonprofit is just you because every nonprofit has a board of directors. Mm -hmm. So it's already a whole bunch of people. But let's pretend for a second that it really is just you. Mm -hmm. The reason why you want to do the blueprint is because this is your map to getting out of it being just you. Mm -hmm. When you map out all the functions and you'll just put your name in every seat. Mm -hmm. That's right. <laughs> well, then you can then look at that and say, which seat do I need to get out of first? And you can oh, actually okay. start figuring out, this is the seat I need to get out of first or next. And be like, okay, when we get our, I'm going to do all the steps I need to do to get out of this seat because mm -hmm. I can't really do the other ones that I'm great at normally very well when I'm doing this thing that maybe isn't, you know, isn't my cup of tea. I'm just, you know, suffering through it. Let's say mm -hmm. for a lot of people, it's bookkeeping. <laughs> Not for me, but I know a lot of people, you know, like, oh man, I want to get out of this bookkeeping stuff. And then mm -hmm. you just start working at how do I get money for a bookkeeper? You know, how do I get out of this seat? Everybody you meet, is that somebody who can fill this seat? Every board member who joins, is that somebody who could volunteer mm -hmm. for a while and fill this seat? Every, per, you know, every person is a potential, even if oftentimes I've had so much luck with this in my own business as well. If I have a seat clearly defined, I can usually find somebody for it for free or mm -hmm. for very under market value wow. um, because people appreciate that you have done that work to really make it clear what I the role that. is and that you've really put some boundaries around it mm -hmm. and that it's the same kind of work. It's work they're going to love to do when you find right. the right person. So, so you know, funny. if you are that solo nonprofit person, you, mm -hmm. if you do this work, I'm sure you will find someone who at least, whoops, start volunteering. Oh, we lost um, a second video. You're good. Sorry. <laughs> 
I know you said you hurt your foot, so you're like, I'm good. <laughs> yes, I hurt my foot, and I'm on my iPad trying to keep my foot up. <laughs> a lot of sorts. How did you um, hurt your yeah. foot? Just side note, how did you? Um, sure, I was sailing. Sailing oh. is one of my um, hobbies, and mm-hmm. I align a rope um, for non-sailors. Caught my shoe and twisted my um, oh. foot basically very far in. <laughs> So it didn't break, fortunately, but it's very badly bruised. Oh, man. Oh, well, I'm glad you're keeping it up and off your, you're able to do this. Yeah. Still, so thank you. Thanks for coming. You're on. welcome. Yeah. And, you know, although I am injured, I'm so glad that I injured myself doing something that I love. And it is thanks to the blueprint that I have the free time to do that passion. Oh, I love this little Being a single mom. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah, you had mentioned in our call before, we're both single moms. So I was like, wow, that's really, we have that in common. Like <laughs> business owners and we're like, yeah, it's almost like you have a little more hustle under your seat to have the, you know, to really make it so you can have the time and really value what you do in your, in your work. Right. Yeah. So this is great. Yeah. So interesting, (laughs) but yeah, I was just wondering, so if you, I love going back to this blueprint and I love how you talked about if you're by yourself, because a lot of people listening, they are starting up a nonprofit. They might be kind of by themselves Their boards might not be very engaged or they're doing their own freelance company with to do with nonprofits or grant writing so mm-hmm. like them, right? And I and I love this, write it down even if you put yourself in. And and I love, love that it's not just an organizational chart, but people can kind of think of, okay, I know what an organizational chart is, right? So this blueprint might be a little abstract, but if you think organizational chart on steroids, <laughs> super yeah. fleshed out. Like it's not just like, oh, you're the human resource, but it's like what you're responsible for. And then even what you're talking about, it's like you almost built, or what you do, you build out your operational manuals in a way where if you have somebody come on board, it's very easy to hand that over. And for a business owner, that's what's been great for me is to say, like I was telling you, I have a couple of interns right now. Uh, Sophie and Eliza, if you're listening, awesome. (laughs) And they, you know, it's the same thing. It's like, I have to kind of have things set up Otherwise they're kind of lost and then, you know what I mean? Like they don't really know what to do and it's just wasting their time and it's wasting my money about, you know, paying them. Right. And that sort of thing as well. So it's like a lot of times what I use, cause I have limited time. Cause people, how do you take the time? Well, you do have to set it aside to do it, but yeah. I even do like screen videos. So if I'm like showing someone how to actually edit a podcast audio, like I'll just, while I'm doing it, I just, you know, share my screen or whatever, you know, like you record your screen, yep. while you're doing it. And then I'll just email it over to her. Like, watch this. This is your 20 minute tutorial today. And that, and then it gets logged and she can even like write it out for an operational manual to hand over to the next person who comes in or whatever. Right. Yeah. So That's there's definitely great things, right. Great <laughs> way to do it. And we actually talked about before the show, which we can share with everybody um, on the Pivot Ground blog. We just released uh, a new blog post around time management, Yay! and we share another tool from the Impact Method called the Accountability Optimizer, and it can help you figure out which tasks, you know, how to really change what you're working on and mm-hmm. how you're working on things, so that you get more time to focus on the things that are really important to do, but mm-hmm. that. Um, aren't so urgent. Like, so if your plate is filled with, filled with urgent things mm-hmm. um, and you can't seem to get to those important, not urgent things, like how do we actually build out, you know, our grant writing strategy? Like, what is our long-term goal with this? Are we going to hire somebody? How are we going to raise the money to hire somebody else? Mm-hmm. 
in that kind of seat. And, you know, fundraising seats are really hard to fundraise, to hire for. (laughs) And so this tool will help you get more time back in your day right away. But it also, when we pair it with the blueprint, we then, we take each function and then we say to the person, here's the accountability optimizer. Now really refine those processes and how how are you going to delegate better? How can you automate things Mm -hmm. um, that you're doing? How can you just streamline everything that you're great at? How can you make it even better? Mm -hmm. Um, And so we have that tool on our site, um, the Accountability Optimizer, which you can do now, but if you pair it with the blueprint, you will really start to kind of pack all your time and not only have more time in your day, but have the time that you do spend working filled with the things that you love and that energize you. And that will make you feel so much better about what you're doing. And it'll also cause you to actually get more done because you love doing it so much. (laughs) It doesn't drag you down. It's so true. Every time I, you know, get back into, okay, you know what I do? I do my like weekly meetings with myself or with my, some of my team, right? It's just to kind of like, okay, let's kind of like reprocess. Are we still on vision? Are we still meeting the mission and all that? So, but this is so important. Like you have to take the time to save time, you know, and it's kind of right. like feels counterintuitive, but it's so true. It's it's like, I don't know. I think Brian Tracy said something like it, every minute planning saves like an hour of doing like it's something ridiculous like that, but it's so true. It's so true. Mm-hmm. I like to use the analogy of like being in a parallel parking spot where somebody backed you in, in the front and the back and you're uh-huh. like almost stuck in there. Um, and I like to use the analogy because one, you have to start with really small changes. Just like when you're pulling out of that spot, you have to make really small moves, but they have to be the right moves. So you mm-hmm. have to make small changes. They have to be good, you know, the right changes. And some of those moves are going to be backwards. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't mean they're bad. Some of them are going to be stopping something that, that you know you want your nonprofit to do mm-hmm. in order to gain the past capacity to do it the way it really should be done. And that's hard for people. Mm-hmm. But it is, you will never get to where you're trying to go if you don't carve out that time to make your organization optimized. Oh, I love it. So with your blueprint, and I love that you're downloadable, so I'm totally going to go there. <laughs> I'm all, yeah. like, I'm like, the okay. blueprint is also downloadable, by the way. Great. And we'll have, we'll have um, a link to that on the show notes. So yeah, please check it yeah. out there. We'll link yeah. over to that so people can um, get, get definitely get that because I'm going to get that. And I would love for you guys to talk about how you enjoyed that and if you implement it or not. So please share with us about Yeah. That. Yeah, absolutely. So that's kind of half the impact method. We probably don't have time to go in the other half. The other half is all about strategy and execution and how we can do that rapidly. I don't think it takes a year or six months to create a strategy. We usually create strategy in, you know, a week to 30 days. Mm -hmm. And then we are continuing to execute and refine that strategy in an ongoing way. So we're Mm -hmm. never, we're never kind of strategic planning for any long period of time and we execute in 30 in 60 day cycles so we go two months we're executing we're executing then we're updating our strategy and going another two months and we start moving really fast and we get really focused Mm -hmm. and we always know what's coming up next Uh um and any long-term goals are in there Mm -hmm. um but not i don't really don't believe in um you know saying what are we going to do in the next three years or five years those are arbitrary numbers 
some goals we're working on, we can see far into the future. Um, I used earlier today example of like, if you know you're going to need to replace the roof on your building in 10 years because, you know, it was a 20-year roof and it's 10 years in, mm -hmm. you know that 10 years out, no big deal. Um, other things, you know, you might see a trend changing and you might want to jump on that trend. Mm -hmm. You might be able, only be able to see a few weeks out. Mm -hmm. That doesn't make it any less of an important goal than the goal you can see 10 years out. Right. Um, so it's really important to kind of take that time-bound piece out of strategic planning and really mm -hmm. focus on what do you need to do and what is the appropriate time frame? Like how far can you see into the future and continue to update your strategy as you see around the next corner? I love that. And I like the two-month cycles. Like I think that's really interesting. So it's like execute, then pull back, re-examine, re then re-implement, execute, re-examine. Kind of like this whole ongoing, like, so you kind of do that every two months. So is it like two yeah. months on, one month off, and you kind of like quarter it out or how do you- We just go two months, two months, two months, two wow. months. Okay. Um, really cool. And so, you know, a lot of people work in quarters and that's great. But what we found, and if you're not working in quarters, that's a great first step. Mm -hmm. But what we found was that the last month of the quarter, we started to always feel like, oh, we feel a little off track. What's our plan? Like, do we know what we're doing? And what we thought we were going to do in that last month, we were never very accurate about. And so I just, you know, we just made the call that, you know, as human beings, um, our brains, it's still hard to plan that third month of a quarter. Mm -hmm. But eight weeks, we know eight weeks. Like, we can plan eight weeks. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and so we decided that we would try doing eight week, a 60 day cycle or eight weeks. And it just worked so well. Oh, um, we never felt that go. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely. And so if you break it down, um, we do, we break our each cycle into um, four, two week sprints. Oh. And there we do six cycles a year. And when we do that, we are so focused and efficient. So each, every two weeks, we mm -hmm. actually do a mini review. So we plan 60 days, okay. eight weeks. We I'm break that down. <laughs> we, break, <laughs> we break that down into what we're going to do each two week sprint. So mm -hmm. we call it sprint one, sprint two, sprint three, sprint four. And then every two weeks we review what we did and we make adjustments to the plan in case we got behind or we realized what we thought we were going to do. We just mm -hmm. didn't have some information and we need to change it. So we really stay on track. And mm -hmm. if we get off track, we can address it very, very quickly. That's true. Because um, a quarter, I kind of feel like sometimes it almost feels too long. And then you're like, I haven't actually made it like you're halfway. So I'm just going to like grind and you know what I mean? It's kind of like, right. Cool, yeah. So that, that, that you kind of lose in yeah. that last month of the quarter. Exactly. Or it's like, yeah, we got to reflect and then we got to plan. Like that's what you're doing. Right. Right. And it's a little longer to reflect on. Um, so what we found is that if you stick to this process of 60 day cycles and two week sprints, you basically gain a month back every year. Yeah. And we are so, at Pivot Ground, we're so efficient operating like this that we just take off uh, four weeks a year. Just We just shut down. When um, we gained, we're taking <laughs> off. I love it. <laughs> That's right. We take off most of it around the holidays. People are busy anyway. We like to be free. But 
you know, this really allows some extra time. It became so apparent to us how much extra time we were gaining. And this is in addition to, you know, what we might take as personal vacation. It was just like, we don't have to work four weeks a year because we are so efficient. We accomplished so much um, doing the 60 day cycles. So yeah, so you guys try it. Let me know because I know even nonprofits, a lot of you guys slow down too around Christmas time. It just, you know, there's so much going on or you're like full on, <laughs> you know, in launch mode. Yeah. One or the other, there's not much in between, right? So like right, yeah. Slow time might be in June when, you know, or summer vacation if you're an education nonprofit or whatever, you know what I mean? So there's different times. There's definitely seasons in the year when things slow down for different nonprofits. So yeah, that's interesting. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I like to take <laughs> time off too. Very cool. So yeah, so people can go and I'm, I'm really excited. I love this notion actually. I'm so glad that we talked today because this is, I'm really excited about it. I was like taking notes. <laughs> but, um, and then also getting the time management tool. So I think the time management tool is going to be really, really cool. And that's something they can download. Um, we will have the, the link in the show notes. And that can really help with prioritizing the time. And then once you have your time prioritized, you can do your blueprint, right? So then you can really- That's right, yeah. And yep. get your get your nonprofit or your grant writing company out of that parallel parking, right? Instead of being like, I'm never gonna get up. And so the people show up, right? And they don't show up. So you wanna be able to start making those little adjustments so you can get out and so you can hit the Autobahn and drive. <laughs> That's right. I love it. I love it. So, yeah. So, um, where can people find you? Like on Facebook? Um, Sure. You can find us. um, Our website is pivotground.com. You can find us on Facebook and on LinkedIn. Technically, we're on Twitter, but I rarely tweet. But yeah, Facebook, LinkedIn, um, you can Google us. If you are an executive director and you're listening, we have a group specifically for executive directors on Facebook called Nonprofit Executive Directors Ready to Thrive. I drop a lot of um, kind of bonus information into that group. Um, It's totally free to join. Otherwise, though, on our regular Facebook page, we we also do Facebook Lives. We have special guests um, come on. Um, so it's a great way to follow us. Yeah. So I'll, I'll have all the links in the show notes. So if you're listening to the podcast or the YouTube channel watching it, then please come to the website. We'll have the links so you can get all of those links and find Sarah. Um, but also you have something coming up. So May 15th, um, we're going to try to get this out right before May 15th. So you guys can all hear this. Um, but you have a course coming, an online group that will go through this entire blueprint, right? The impact method. So can you talk right. about that a little bit? Yeah, so this is our pivot program for in a group setting. We're starting May 15th. This will be, we're going to do your blueprint. We're going to do the accountability optimizer. We're going to do a number of other tools that we've developed to optimize your capacity. And then we're also going to do your impact strategy, which is your strategy that you're going to keep updating every 60 days. And your, your CAP, your continuous action plan, which ties your, your to-dos that you're going to do each two weeks mm-hmm. to your impact strategy. And so we'll take you through all these tools. We give you time and one-on-one support to make sure you, have, you get them implemented during a six, this six-week intensive program. Mm-hmm. And at the end of it, if you do the work, um, you will have your first 60-day cycle completely mapped out along with your blueprint and a number of other things accomplished um, to get your entire team aligned um, and your capacity optimized. 
Right. Um, and so yeah, that size are your team once again, right? So you can deal with all different <laughs> right. sizes. Yep. So it's mapping that out. And this is a six week process, right? Yep. It's a okay. six week process. We do weekly sessions. We do them live with me um, where you can, at, we do kind of reviews and feedbacks, hot seats, we call them of everybody's mm -hmm. work, but we do record them as well. So if you're scheduled, you're unavailable to attend the session, you can watch the recorded video. Um, and we provide lots of support. We have a Facebook group that's closed. You can reach out. You can, we have a Voxer channel where you can reach me anytime and just have an audio conversation. So we provide a lot of one-on-one -on -one support in the program. And mm -hmm. our hope is that people will really, you know, carve out that, what is a relative amount of time, but carve it out so that they can really change the way they're doing things and not, and get out of that position of being stuck or overwhelmed. Right. I love that. And you said it, um, I know we were talking before and you said it was about 45 to an hour for those per week, right? For the online alive yep. kind of component. And then about two to three hours of homework a week to really just over six weeks. So it's really getting you that time accountability too, which I think is really important instead of like, here's just an online course and take it as you go along. But you have like these accountability kind of milestones every week throughout that you have to be, you know, like do your homework <laughs> and get it done. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> so. Because we know that when you do the homework, your time will be freed up and yeah. you will be able to accomplish exponentially more. So we really absolutely. push you to do the work during the program and not just learn and be like, oh, someday maybe we'll do this, but good intention. Right. A weekend, something happens. So I love the accountability factor. I think that's fantastic. I think anyone taking this course would just benefit so much. So we'll, they can also find the link to, we'll put it in the show notes, but um, otherwise your, your pivotground.com, they, they can find yep. you. So. They can find us there. You can schedule a free consultation. Um, if you mentioned that you heard us, um, heard, heard about us uh, here, we will kind of bump you up from a 30-minute consultation to an hour-long consultation. Oh, awesome. Just there's a form you fill out and just make sure you mention that anywhere in the form. Thank and, you. Uh, we can up you up to an hour. Perfect. And yeah, that's one-on-one -on -one with me. I do all oh, the consultations great. myself. Um, so if you've ever been with another organization and they're like, oh, have a consultation and then you're on with a salesperson, that's not what this is. Um, okay, you actually perfect. get a one-on-one -on -one call with me and you will leave with one to three action steps to take next. Nice. Yeah. I do all my one-on-one -on -one too. <laughs> I, I totally believe in that. So yeah, it's not just yeah. somebody at the company, right? But yeah, it's important to <laughs> with me. Yeah. <laughs> so I love that you that and that you're very transparent about it. So that's super good. Yeah. So anyone um, looking into this, you can definitely get the free download just to kind of see um, how you can do your time management and get the hour consultation for free. Just mention grant writing and funding um, that where you heard it on the podcast or on the YouTube channel or we came across this on the website. So just go ahead and put that there and you'll get a bumped up from 30 minutes to an hour. So thank you so much for that. I appreciate that. That's a great you're welcome. <laughs> so yeah. So any last words? Um, before we go ahead and close the, the podcast today? Just, you know, I think all of these strategies will work for you, but the one thing that you need to do for yourself first is be brave and try something new. 
Oh, I love that. That's great. That's, well, that's such a great thing to close on. So yeah, be brave, you guys. Try it new. You guys are all change makers out there and you're all changing the world with your nonprofits, with your grant writing company, raising money for awesome causes and just impacting change around the world. So Sarah is uh, one of those people out there that can help guide you and to do that well so you're not burned out, like she said, and just like wasting time, but actually do it with purpose. So um, yeah, so you guys can find her on the show notes. So once again, thank you so much, Sarah, for coming coming on and I'm sure we'll be talking soon in the future. <laughs> it was a pleasure. And thank you everybody listening. Awesome. Thanks again. Bye-bye. Do you want to join the Changemaker Tribe and get courses, downloadable checklists, samples of awarded grants, behind the scenes live Q&A with myself and the tribe and discounts on grant services? Be sure to join the Changemaker membership at www.grantwritingandfunding.com forward slash membership. Thank you for listening to this grant writing and funding podcast. I hope you've enjoyed your time. For more questions, email Holly at holly at grantwritingandfunding.com or visit www.grantwritingandfunding.com.